Welcome to the Mass Bar B Podcast, the official podcast of the Massachusetts Bar Association. Available free to members of the bar as well as the public, featuring lively discussions about important legal developments, interesting stories about MBA members, and helpful practical information about the law that matters to all of us. This is Jordan Rich. My guest today is attorney Nancy Weissman. She has a practice in Belmont, specializing in wills and trusts and real estate. Nancy Weissman is also an editor of the Massachusetts Law Review. She's immediate past chair of the real estate section of the Mass Bar Association, still a member of the real estate section, and also a member of the Mass Bar Association's probate section. Today's topic is surely interesting. With the dream of winning the jackpot, how to handle it if and when, and that's called positive thinking, you win the lottery here in Massachusetts. Everyone wants to be a lottery winner, but then there are things you have to think about. So, Nancy, it's so nice to have you here. This is something you deal with regularly, I guess, and have dealt with. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jordan, for asking me to speak on this. I've represented lottery winners for years and seen various different outcomes, all of them pleasant, but sometimes a smoother road to get there. Mm. Let me ask you a general question. Why is it important for anyone who is a winner in this category, in this realm, to consider immediately contacting a professional, someone in your area? Because lottery winners' lives are going to change and people are going to know about it. And the way other people deal with your winning may not be exactly the way you want it. So this gives you an opportunity as your life changes, to structure your situation in a way that suits you and acknowledges your preferences and your goals. For some people, this might be the first time in their life that they really have to sit down and think about this because of the immediacy of the huge prize. Yep. You get a huge chunk of money. You have a few options in how you take it, but it's more money than most people ever get all at once in their lives deserve some careful financial planning. Well, let's do this. You've provided me with an outline of topics and questions, so I'm going to start at the top. When someone wins the game of the week or the game of the month, who has to go ahead and claim that prize, and how does that actually work? It's the prize winner, which is to say whoever signs the back of the ticket. So let's say you have a winning ticket, but you don't sign the back of it because you heard that story about the woman up in New Hampshire a different state, a different lottery. But you heard that she signed it wrong somehow and the lottery is making trouble about how it would distribute her prize. Mm -hmm. So you don't sign it. And oops, you drop it. And my neighbor finds it and says, I think this is a winning lottery ticket. Look what I just found on the street. If you don't sign it, anybody who has it, anybody who holds it is the prize winner. But you want to be careful about signing it because if you want to authorize a trust to claim the prize for you. So it's the trust who's going to be owning the prize and the trustee whose name and photograph will appear on the website at the lottery. Then you have to organize this carefully and it's best to talk to an attorney beforehand before you sign the ticket because sometimes if you sign it, you can't sign it again Ah. and you'll have to claim it in your own name. Is it a good idea then to hold on to the ticket? Obviously, make sure you know where it is when the number is called, but not to sign until and unless you win? It depends on a number of factors, your individual goals, what your current financial situation is, and some of the other things that could surround the issues of claiming the lottery prize. So the answer is, it depends. Maybe don't sign it until you win and then contact allied professionals, lawyer, accountant, people like that, financial planners, investment advisors, who can help you figure out what's best for you given your situation. It may be just fine to sign it. If you're going to be up nights 
worried about where is the ticket, I didn't sign it, it's not worth losing sleep. There are advantages to not signing it until you decide how you want to claim it. But those advantages pale in comparison to worry and anxiety. Understood. Let's talk about the winner and what happens when he or she goes to collect for the prize, and then it's the big decision time. Do I take it as a lump sum, or do I take it in installments? And how do you uh, advise people on that? Well, they should consider how the money is going to flow and make the choice that's best for them, because it's not just a question of numbers. The choices in Massachusetts are you can take it as a lump sum, that means a chunk of money all at once, or you can take it in 20 equal annual installments. Whichever way you go, before you get the money, the Lottery Commission will withhold taxes on this amount. So it's like you've earned this much money. So if you earn a million-dollar prize and you decide you want to go for the 20-year payout, so that's $50,000 a year, these are, I mean, what I'm about to say next are estimates because tax numbers change and investment sure. policies of course, change. Of course. But they'll take out $15,000. It's as if you'd earn $50,000 at your job of ordinary income. So the Lottery Commission will pay you $35,000 a year. The taxes are already paid on it. These are after-tax dollars. Um, so that's one way to go. The, and you'll get that every year for 20 years. The other way is you take a lump sum. Now, they're still going to take out the taxes. The good news is the tax is on a lesser amount than the full amount of the prize. So, for example, if you win a million dollars and you decide to take the lump sum, you're going to end up with about $455,000 the last time I checked. And that's the difference between the million and the 455000 is part goes to the net present value to discount the million dollars to today's money, and the rest is taxes withheld. Does the lottery have a good system of informing people, let's say I won, oh, I'm so excited, I call the lottery or I run down there. Will they be able to explain it in simple terms, or do I really need to contact someone? They will explain it in simple terms. They're very helpful at the Lottery Commission, but what they are not in a position to do, which an attorney is, is advise you on your particular sure. situation. Right, right. So in the two examples I gave of a million-dollar prize, which could be either $455,000 today or $35,000 a year for 20 years, both are after taxes. It's, it's the same mathematically. The question is, how much do you value $455,000 today versus thirty-five a year for the next 20 years? One of the biggest advances, advantages of the $35,000 a year is that every year you get another bite at the tax apple. So if you adjust your own financial situation, you may end up paying less tax than they've taken out. You may be mm-hmm. able to get a refund of a portion of the taxes that have been withheld. Mm-hmm. So you get 19 more bites at the tax apple if you take the annuity than if you take the lump sum. But why would you want the lump sum? There's more that you may want to do with $455,000 today than you can do with $35,000 a year for 20 years. And I've had clients whose financial lives changed dramatically, and they wanted to buy real estate. $35,000 a year for 20 years is not going to buy you a whole lot of real estate. Right, of course. $455,000 today can (laughs) buy you a really nice piece of real estate. And there were people I had who were senior citizens. 
knowing that they're going to get money for 20 years is not very exciting to them, although the lottery will continue to pay according to your estate plan. So your heirs could end up with the money anyway mm. if you die before you collect the 20 years' worth. Mm -hmm. But they wanted to make significant gifts to their children and to charities now, and they wanted to have the money for the next 10 or 15 years in their pockets. If you get the $455,000 now and you manage to invest it very wisely, you may end up ahead of where you would have been with the annuity. But you could also lose a lot of it if you mm. invest it and the investment goes south. Now, Nancy, what does the lottery commission itself require when someone has won? What is the game plan? Do you have a certain number of days, weeks to come forward? I believe you do. We hear about that on the news every once in a while. Someone hasn't come forward. But give us just a, a brief rundown of some of the rules and regs. As an absolute minimum, if it's over $10,000, the prize winner has to go down to Braintree to collect the prize. And the prize winner has to bring, not surprisingly, the winning ticket and ID, two forms of ID. And what the Lottery Commission does is it runs that person's um, tax status. They run your Social Security number, and they find out if you owe taxes. And I've been talking about you as the prize winner, Jordan, but let's say that you're the prize winner, and I am the taxpayer, not your attorney. I want to make sure that you not having paid your taxes for how many years? Really, what were you thinking? But now you have the money. <laughs> I want to make sure that your taxes get paid. So the Lottery Commission will make sure that you're current in your taxes, and then we'll give you the balance. If you're already current in your taxes, they'll give you the entire balance, the 455 or the 35 that we've been discussing. Um, they ask you to fill out a boatload of paperwork. It's, it's not that complicated. It's maybe five or ten pieces of paper. And depending on how you've chosen to claim the prize, there may be some other paperwork to fill out from your attorney's side. But you get to check that day. Now, one of the things that we hear about, and you mentioned it at the top of our interview, how life changes, not just the money in the bank and how much taxes you're dealing with, but how your life changes. Friends, relatives, colleagues, people people you haven't heard from in decades are suddenly calling you. You advise people, don't you, on how to deal with the public reveal and whether or not that's a good idea. Talk a little bit about that. Well, first of all, I suggest that you don't reveal it and you tell only a very limited number of people because you can always tell someone else. But once the word is out, it continues to spread. And you may want to keep a, a close rein on that information. Um, people in your neighborhood may know. People in your congregation at your workplace may know. Some people knowing it's not going to change how they deal with you, except they think you're very fortunate. Other people are going to come expecting something different from you. And not that you can prevent them from having their expectations, but knowing who's likely to be asking mm. could be very helpful. Now, does the lottery guarantee your privacy if you request it, or, or is it automatic that they're going to make mention of who won the big prize? They make mention of who claims the big prize. So that's a, a nuance that we're talking about. If you win in that you personally bought the winning ticket, but you claim it in a way that obscures that you bought the winning ticket from the public at large, not from the Lottery Commission. I want to be really clear about this. I do not help people cheat the Lottery Commission or the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So you buy a winning lottery ticket. You decide you're going to put it in a trust. And you are the trustee, and the beneficiaries are your three charming nephews. Okay? 
the lottery commission is going to run, uh, I'm sorry, you're a beneficiary during your lifetime, and when you're gone, it goes to your three nephews. The lottery commission is going to run the social security numbers of all four of you because it wants to make sure that none of you is behind in taxes. So we can obscure that you are the winner by making sure that the name of the trust doesn't have your name in it mm-hmm. and keeping your name off the public record. Usually what happens is the lottery winner is a backup trustee way down the line and names someone else. I've been named as the trustee, and I claim the prize on behalf of the trust, which is for the benefit of the beneficiaries. That's you, and when you're gone, your nephew. Right, right. So it's an enormous trust that these lottery winners have placed in me because I'm claiming their prize. And Nancy, what happens after you claim the prize? What considerations do winners have to think about? Well, one thing they probably want to think about immediately is what to do with this money. And everybody has a short list of if I won the lottery. And in some sense, that's just your savings plan. That tells you what you're saving money for. But once you win the lottery and you can have most or not all of those things and more on your list, I would recommend getting someone who's savvy about investments to advise you. Now, that person can be some attorneys or an accountant. There are investment advisors. There are people who are insurance agents who sell products, insurance products, that can help you manage your money. So you're going to need a Tom Brady, a quarterback, to pull this all together and make sure that the various pieces of your plan work well. Should you pay down the mortgage? Should you buy another place? Should you um, fix up the place you're in now with the money you have, or should you take that money and buy something on the stock market? And if so, what are you going to buy on the stock market? So investment advisors can help you figure out what's best for you, given your goals. There's really no one-size-fits-all, and you want someone who will walk you through what your concerns are, because... I know what I'd do with the money, but that may not suit you or any of our listeners. Well, if and when the fantasy of winning the lottery comes true, it's great to have people who can advise the winners and help them through this process. Nancy, a delight having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your expertise. My pleasure to work with you. Thank you, Jordan. You've been listening to the Mass Bar Beat Podcast, available free at massbar.org and downloadable on most popular podcast platforms, including Apple, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and more. Now, if you're a consumer in need of legal help, contact the Mass Bar Association's Lawyer Referral Service. Call 866-627-7577. Again, that's 866-627-7577. Or visit masslawhelp.com. Let us connect you to a lawyer today. Mass Bar Beat is produced by the Massachusetts Bar Association, and we invite you to subscribe so you'll never miss a beat. This is Jordan Rich. Thank you for listening.